All right, welcome back to the True Blue Sports Show. I am your host, Jaden Gensweider. Joining me as always, my co-host. Xander Wiley. Oh, there he is. All right. Um, this week we have uh, an NFL trade. Yeah, we were we got to delay the podcast by a day, but hey, at least we're still getting podcasts out. Uh, we got talk about the Bulls, talk about the XFL. Uh, the list this week is the top 15 running backs right now. Um, but first thing, speaking of the NFL, we got to talk about the Brandon Cooks trade. Um, so, as we know from earlier in this offseason – the Houston Texans traded away to, um, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so they were missing. They had a major hole at wide receiver. Well, they traded a second-round draft pick, I believe. Um, it was pick 58. Um, that's a yes, Which it was. they could have done to get a wide receiver. A wide receiver class to thing. Yes, so it was a 2020 second-round pick for a 2022 fourth-round pick and Brandon Cooks. And this is the um, third time Brandon Cooks has been traded since 2017. But he'll instantly come in and probably be the number one – well, the number two option behind Will Fuller on that uh, Texans team, right? Because Will Fuller's still there. I thought Will – yeah, Will Fuller's still there. Mm Mm-hmm. So now, I want to talk about something. This makes no sense to me because mm-hmm. they could have got a young, potentially great wide receiver with that pick because mm-hmm. of just how good this wide receiver class is. Yeah, instead of taking. Like they're not going to get a CD Lamb, but they might yeah. get the Brandon, wide receiver from yeah. TCU who is still incredibly good. Yep. And Brandon Cooks was drafted in 2014. Like he's 26 more. years old. Like, he, uh, He's worth a lot of money. And he was hurt last season. Yeah, he was hurt a bunch last season. So why not take a young guy who's not historically injury prone and, you know, work from there, like, build a guy up, you know? But, I don't know, we'll see how it works out. Maybe this will end up being better than whoever the Rams get with that pick. So we'll just have to see. Um, the next thing we need to talk about, though, is the XFL. All right. The XFL has suspended operations and is laying off almost all employees already. Probably will lay off all of them by the time we record next week. Um, they have no plans to come back in 2021. So just as mysteriously as this league appeared, it has now vanished. So we would like to say rest in peace again to the XFL. But don't worry. It's Vince McMahon. In 15 years, it'll be back. In in 15 years, it'll be back. Okay. Around 2035, 2036, we'll probably have XFL again. But some good news. The Chicago Bulls are finally starting to get their stuff together here. Looks like uh, they fired their GM, and I don't know if the deal's done yet, but they are looking to hire the Nuggets GM. Um, so, which is good. I mean, if you look at the Nuggets roster, that is a good, well built, um, young roster. You know, but with Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Bull Bull, like. You got veteran leadership with Paul Millsap. Gary Harris is in there. Jeremy Grant. Like, this team is deep, too, with Will Barton, Monte Morris. Like, so, if you look at what he's done with the Nuggets. Well, my thing with that, I, I don't necessarily think they need a new GM. I think they need a new head coach. Oh, I think the new head coach will come along with the new GM. I think the new GM will probably fire Boylan fairly immediately. Um, yeah, the Nuggets right now are third. When, when the season got suspended, the Nuggets were third in the Western Conference behind the L.A. teams that are just ridiculous. So, I mean, they put together a better record than your Jazz with Rudy and Donovan, which... I don't want to talk about Yeah, uh, Right now, there, seem, there seems to be a wedge being driven behind Rudy and Donovan Mitchell. So I kind of... 
I know you don't want to talk about it. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I have to ask you, which one of those two do you want to keep? Oh, Donovan. Okay, that's that's the right answer. Yeah, Rudy. I mean, but think about it. Rudy's older. Uh, Rudy, I mean, he's a lockdown defensive guy. He is a defensive anchor. But Donovan – But I feel like Donovan Mitchell's just – worth more like he just I think Donovan Mitchell have, has been the deciding factor in more games than Rudy Gobert so here's my idea Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert shipped off to Cleveland for Andre Drummond in a first round pick I could see that I could see that or maybe Andre Drummond one of those young guys like Darius Garland or somebody like that give, give you a give. well I was thinking Darius Garland to give you a point guard back Oh, yeah. All right. So that first pick, you know, we could get anyone. Mm-hmm. So, we'll I see. I Andre Drummond, so. Yep. All right. Um, now, let's shift our focus from basketball back to football with this week's list, the top 15 running backs in the league right now. Um, I'm going to start it off. I have two honorable mentions here, and those are Seattle Seahawks' Chris Carson and Buffalo Bill, Devin Singletary. So those two guys um, were hard for me to leave off this list, but they just didn't make their stats, just didn't give me a reason to put them up here. So they, they didn't make it on. Um, and then I'll go ahead. And yeah, my, I, uh, I have one of those people on my list. So yeah. my Well, see, the thing is, you'll find with my honorable mention category is that – these are all the, my honorable mentions will be people who are definitely you can argue for them being deserving of being on the list. They just didn't quite make mine. So um, my number fifteen is um, Josh Jacobs. Um, he's only fifteen because it was his rookie season, and I don't feel I just like I it didn't feel right to rank him over some of these people because he's just a rookie. Right, and we've seen it with so many people that a great rookie season doesn't necessarily mean just you're one of the best moving forward. Like as a Cowboys fan, my biggest example that I've used in recent memory of that was Dak Prescott because if you remember his rookie season, he went out had that ridiculous season. He didn't even throw an interception, or he didn't even have a turnover until week thirteen. Didn't throw an interception until week fourteen. So, like, it was just a ridiculous season. I don't know if that's exactly, but it was something like that. It was a long time without throwing a pick or, or having a turnover. So, a great – but then the next season wasn't too good. So, um, he had 262 – Josh Jacobs had 262 touches, 1316 yards. Uh, well, that's 1,316 yards. Uh, five yards per touch, uh, seven touchdowns and one fumble. So, that's my 15. Who's yours? All right, this one's going to be shocking for you. But Mark Ingram, uh, oh. I think the big reason why he's season, yeah. I don't really see him as that's top elite. Terrible. I think really, <laughs> I told you this list is going to be wonky. Wow. I, I saw him as you know a what? pressure reliever. How do you have? More than an elite running back. How do you have Mark Ingram? At 15. Don't ask I'm not going to tell you where I have him, but I'm going to tell you right now. He's in my top five. How did you have Hassan Whiteside on your top five on your list? He wasn't top five on that top 25 right now. He was top 10, and that's because he'd been playing absolutely spectacular defense all season. Mark Ingram, right, deserves to be much. And that's a whole different thing because in your argument there, you're saying Hassan Whiteside deserves to be lower. What I'm saying is Mark Ingram deserves to be much higher than that. I mean, the guy, every time the guy touched the football, he got like five and a half yards, which is more than Derrick Henry, more than Saquon Barkley, more than Damian Williams. Like, that's ridiculous. So why, I don't know how, all right. All right, I mean, I guess, who's your, um, I don't know how to to handle this. My thought process on that. Because usually after he has an up year, he has a down year. Okay, but I mean that's historically. I mean, like, but 
I'm just saying, he, I think he deserves to be much higher after the season he had last year. All right, who's your 14? Let's move on. Watch this be Saquon Barkley. Okay, that's fair. No. <laughs> um, so who's your 14? 14's Chris Carson? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense for me. Like I said, he was... My 14, and honestly, it may surprise – I don't know about you, but I, I was kind of surprised that his stats looked good enough to stay on my list. I figured he could cut, but Leonard Fournette actually had a pretty great season last year. Like, he had 341 – Really? Okay. That was one that I was a little shaky about because, like, like, if you look at his stats, like 341 touches, 1,674 yards. That's 4.9 yards per touch three touchdowns, a fumble. That touchdown number could be higher for me, but then again, he played for the Jaguars. And how are you going to score when Gardner Minshew's there chewing up all the touchdowns, right? So that wasn't really a problem for me. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was I was actually – okay, that's cool. All right, that, I'm glad that I'm not, like, too bad with Fortnite being on my list. All right, um, 13 is where I have Marlon Mack. Um he ranked a little bit lower for me because um, his stats were pretty decent. Um, he didn't have a turnover all year. He um, had 261 touches. The thing is, and, and uh, 1,173 yards. But the thing is for me is that his yards per touch is a bit low, and he was injured part of the season. So he didn't, we didn't really get a lot of it this season. So, because if you look, I mean, so. That's, but he had eight touchdowns to zero fumbles, so that's a good ratio. Who is your 13? My 13? No. We wouldn't be on 13. We'd be on 12, right? Uh, was your 13 Leonard Fournette? Yeah. Okay. My my Leonard Fournette was my 14. My 13 was Marlon Mack. Leonard Fournette was your 13. Uh, we already kind of talked about him. Who's your 12 then? Go ahead and go to 12 then. Yeah. My 12 is Joe Mixon. Oh, okay. He, uh, he didn't really have that great of a season. He didn't really make my list, honestly. Uh, he didn't make so, it. I put him on there because last year he had a good season, and I felt bad for him because he kind of had to carry this mm-hmm. Cincinnati team. He had over 1,000 yards rushing with mm-hmm. a lot more rush attempts than last season with less touchdowns, but mm-hmm. that's what happens when you play for the Cincinnati Bengals. I put mm-hmm. him on here because he's good. He just needs a better team around him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, my twelve is a uh, Ronald Jones II. Now, don't get me wrong; he had a great season. He didn't play the whole season, but he was on pace where if he had, he would have had like eighteen hundred yards from scrimmage, right? So, um, yes. So, yeah, and he's great. I think that if we get a full season of him, he will be much higher on my list, probably in that 5-6 range. Next year, I could potentially see him hopping up quite a bit for me after next season. But 203 touches, 1,033 yards. He had 5.1 yards per touch, six touchdowns. The problem that kind of also I saw was he had three fumbles, so his touchdown to fumble ratio was like 2-1, to and that ain't good, so... That's kind of why he went 12 for me. Now, 11 is Austin Eckler. And now, this is where – now, but now we're getting to the point where from 11 to, like, 4 for me, I could see you arguing any – but any, like, if you have the same guys there, I could see you saying, well, this guy should be higher than this. This is where it really got hard for me was 11 to 4 which is a much larger margin than it was for the quarterbacks. I was much more confident the quarterbacks. This whole list was hard. It was. Yeah, running backs was really hard. Running backs yeah. But Austin Eckler, who played only half the season, right, still got 224 touches, 1,550 yards, which that means that if he had played the whole season, he was on pace to get 3,100 yards. That's absolutely ridiculous. Every time he touched the football, he almost got seven yards. It was 6.9. 11 touchdowns, three fumbles. I think the reason he fell, though, is because he didn't play that whole season 
he got benched by his team as soon as Melvin Gordon was back. But as soon as Melvin Gordon stopped holding out. But I'll tell you right now, because of the holdout, just out of spite because holding out stupid, he's not on mine either. But Austin Eckler is because absolutely Austin Eckler deserves to be on it. And they shipped out Melvin Gordon to Denver, so he'll be the number one running back option now. So that'll be good. And then, of course, they'll probably draft a young quarterback. So to have a good, strong running game there with for the days that that rookie quarterback, aren't, it just isn't on his game, that'll be awesome. And I think he'll have an amazing season, especially because he's another one who – he's not quite as elite as Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley as a receiving back, but he's pretty good. So he's up there for me. Who's your 11? My 11 is Damian Willem Williams. Okay. Running back for the Chiefs. Yep. Um, stats from this season weren't very good. I'm putting him here solely for his postseason performance because it was nuts. Yeah, Honestly, so that postseason. Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. He would have won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, that postseason performance was actually the reason he's higher on my list than that. You know, so. But like I said, he's he's still. I'll tell you right now, he's in that range of eleven to four, where I you could argue that he's lower than these guys. So, um, then uh, who is your ten? My number ten is Marlon Mack. You already talked about him. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah, pretty solid. That's not too far from my. I think I had him thirteen. Yeah. So, my number 10, and this is another one that I'm not super confident in. I'll go ahead and put that out there. Uh, Dalvin Cook. But the reason he ended up ranking lower for me is that he had four fumbles on the season, right? And the guys ahead of him, like, there's one, there's two guys ahead of him who had as many or more fumbles. So, like, the fumble thing, if you can't carry the football, that's going to hurt you for me. Um, but he did have three or three touches, um, 1,654 yards from scrimmage, 5.5 yards per touch, 13 touchdowns. So he had a pretty decent season besides that turnovers. But, I mean, that many turnovers. That means that, like, one in every four games he turned over the football, which you don't want, especially when you look at this list. And, like, most, like, average – on average, running backs have, like, two, three fumbles a year. So to have four is kind of pushing it. Um, my nine is Nick Chubb. He had uh, 334 touches, 1,772 yards, 5.3 yards per touch, eight touchdowns, and three fumbles. Once again, three fumbles and eight touchdowns. The touchdown number is kind of low, but he did play for the Browns, who had pretty great um, receivers to throw to. So I think that's it's kind of excusable not having a high touchdown number. Who do you have at 10? Or not 10, 9. Josh Jacobs here, you talked about him. Okay. Uh, I don't think that it matters that he's a rookie, in okay. my opinion. If you play as good as he did for the Las Vegas Raiders, I guess now. Mm-hmm. Seven touchdowns and a thousand yards as a rookie on in Oakland. Uh, very most commonly known as a passing team with mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Oakland. insane to me. You mean Derek Carr? So he came in and basically took over. Yeah, Derek Carr. I said Oakland. Yeah, but you, not Oakland, but they're not in Oakland anymore. But you said uh, you said Dak Prescott and Derek Carr. Dak Prescott plays for Dallas. Uh, they're both wussies. Right, well, we can argue about that later. Um, so, all right. Um, who is your eight? My number eight is Aaron Jones, uh, the running back for Green Bay. Okay. I personally liked watching him. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, for some reason, this Green Bay team was really under the radar the whole season. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything about him. But yeah, I he think... had 16 touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I would have put him higher, right? Mm-hmm. His touchdowns don't mean everything. But he only barely rushed over a thousand yards. Um, barely, he had okay. three fumbles, too. Mm-hmm. And he didn't rush that much, so the three fumbles kind of hurt him. Mm-hmm. But okay. My... I, he, 
Okay, my eight is uh, Alvin Kamara. He had uh, 252 touches. He had 1,300 yards from scrimmage while only playing like half the season being injured. So that's still pretty good. 5.3 yards per touch, six touchdowns, four fumbles. Once again, that fumble number is way too high. Because like I said, he didn't play the whole year. So that's on pace to fumble the ball seven times in a season. That's like half – That's you know, that's like – one that's once every other game basically so that ain't good and then my seven was aaron jones um numbers right he led the league in rushing touchdowns he has the he tied for leading the league in um just overall receiving plus rushing touchdowns and then also he had 1500 yards from scrimmage so if you count his like over 500 receiving yards on 285 touches only fumbled the ball three times so um he did 5.5 yards per touch too really helped him so that's why Aaron Jones made it to seven on my list who's your seven my seven is Dalvin Cook you okay. talked about him I thought he was a lot better than what you ranked him I mean I only have him three spots behind you but like I said, he's in that range where yeah, I could I, I, just remember I could very easily see he him out, having. When he went out because he got hurt towards the end of the season, that Vikings team was still fighting for the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. And everyone was like, oh no, what are they going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So he was the big X factor for that Vikings team. <laughs> yep, okay. And then um, who is your six? Kamara. Okay. Yeah. I think for me, Kamara, the reason he probably wasn't higher for me was because of the injury issues. Probably I think that's I think that's kinda like why I knocked him down a couple spots, but like I said, this whole middle of my list I could easily see you making like I could easily see the defense for Dalvin Cook being seven. Like that makes sense to me. But I just ended up ranking him lower just because of the stats. My number six is Damian Williams, who, yeah, didn't have a great regular season. The reason he made it up here, though, is because um, in the – but it's mainly because he didn't play the whole regular season. And had he, he would have had a pretty good season. He had five yards per touch in what he did. But it was that it was that postseason that I was like, I can't – the postseason was why I can't I, – I was thinking, like, I can't put him too low. But it was the regular season that was like, I can't put him top five. So he just landed six for me. Um, And so there he is. Uh, My number five, actually. Now, my top five was very hard to rank. And I kind of feel bad ranking him this low because he did. He was like the anchor of my fantasy team all year. But Saquon Barkley, uh, 269 touches, 1,400 yards from scrimmage, 5.4 yards per touch, eight touchdowns, one. But the thing that you'll notice here is everybody I have ranked higher than him had at least six more touchdowns. So that's kind of where he kind of fell towards my the bottom of my top five. But I still believe he's a top five running back in the league. So um, who is your five? I have Nick Chubb. I'm starting to think that you don't have him on your list. Nick Chubb? I, I talked about him earlier. He's uh, my He was my nine. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, I didn't hear that for some reason. Yeah, no, Nick Chubb was my nine. Yeah, um, you already talked about him then. I have him ranked a lot higher because he basically, combining his rushing yards and his receiving yards, he had a 2,000 uh, yard season, which is nuts to me. Pretty sure he had a 1,700 yard season, but. One four nine four, yeah. Plus two seven eight, yeah. Almost two thousand if you round it up. But yeah. So yep. Okay. And um, who's your? Was Nick Chubb your five? Right. Yeah. Who's your four? I am Zeke. Okay. Zeke at four. I'm not. I'm not a big Zeke fan because he celebrates after every single thing he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gets on my nerves. Yeah, I mean, football. Yeah, so 
Um, uh, he had 12 touchdowns, 1,300 yards, mm-hmm. and he had 420 yards receiving, by the way. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty and good. He, he had over 300 rushing attempts, which to me is insane. And he only fumbled three times for rushing that many times. Mm-hmm. So every 100 rushing yards, he fumbled. Oh, that's a attempt, yeah. That was yards for the attempts. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. My, my four, this is where I have Mark Ingram. Um, and a lot of Mark Ingram, it's because he had – he only had 228 touches but still ended up with 15 touchdowns. Now, if you look at the people on this list who had more touchdowns than him, they all had like almost, if not uh, over 100 touchdowns, almost – or not touch, over 100 touches more than him. They had almost over 100 touches more than him, and he still ended up with 15 touchdowns. So that's kind of – I saw that number as crazy while still 5.5 yards per touch – and then also, you know, part of it also is that team success, uh, the Ravens. Yeah, Lamar, but, like, it wasn't just the Lamar show. Like, Mark Ingram was still a very big part of that team, you know, big trust. So, he made it to my four. Now, Elliott's my three, and part of that might be Cowboy bias. But, I mean, he did have 355 touches, 1,777 yards, five yards per touch. 14 touchdowns and only three fumbles. So, um, and that's all total with receiving plus rushing. So, um, I think that Ezekiel Elliott ranks top three for me. You had him four, which is respectable. I'm not mad about that at all. Um, who is your three? I have Saquon there. Okay. Um, then I had my greatest season compared to last season. Mm-hmm. But when you put it in perspective from like watching him and what all went down. He really didn't have consistent offense around him. That's true. When he did get the ball and when things were consistent, he was outstanding. Yep. And I think he's going to be outstanding next year when they Absolutely. figure out the offense around him. Because I believe Daniel Jones is going to be the man. Mm-hmm. Mark my word. Oh, absolutely. They just I think need so. to get it all figured out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And insanely, he had a lot of receiving yards compared to last year. Yeah. Compared to like his numbers for mm-hmm. this year. Cause he almost like I feel like was more more or less benched. That makes sense. Yeah. The whole season. So they were saving him for next season because they knew this season was a throwaway. Yep. Yep. So um that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, he was my five. I think he's definitely deserving a top five spot. Um, who is your number two? Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Okay. Now, you might have him one. Do you have him one? I do have him number one. My number two is Derrick Henry. That's what I thought. I knew it was going to come down to that. Okay. Now, Christian McCaffrey. Well, give me – how about this? Give me an argument for Derrick Henry number one, and I'll give you my argument for Christian McCaffrey number one. Christian McCaffrey first. Okay, yeah, I'll go for it. Here's three stats that he led the league in. Touches, yards from scrimmage, and touchdowns, receiving plus rushing. The only guy who tied one of those was – the only running back who tied one of those was Aaron Jones, who also had 19 touchdowns. And he led the league in touches with 403. He he ran or caught the ball 403 times, and guess how many fumbles he had? One. He had one fumble in 403 touches. Yeah. And then also, with that, going for nearly 2,400 yards, like that was – that's absolutely beastly. That's nearly six yards every time he touched the football. So, Christian McCaffrey undeniably is my number one. I I mean, so, even though Derrick Henry didn't lead the league in rushing yards. He also had five fumbles. What, what happened to uh, Christian McCaffrey's? Yeah, all right, hold on. Where was Christian McCaffrey in the playoffs? Where was Christian McCaffrey's quarterback? I mean, no you can't way. you can't make the 
you can't make the playoffs without a half decent quarterback. Where was David Henry's quarterback? It switched halfway through the season. Yeah, but I mean, if you still look at Tannehill's numbers, like his quarterback fell apart in the middle of the playoffs because he decided not Christian McCaffrey's quarterback physically fell apart. Like Christian McCaffrey did have like Cam Newton physically fell apart. And then Kyle Allen just wasn't able to carry it. But, I mean, if you look at it, Christian McCaffrey, if you're going to talk about workhorse, Christian McCaffrey carried that Panthers team. And um, if I'll look up I'll look up their record. But, but did he have a deep playoff run? No. Against two very, very, very good teams. But, I mean, he's, he's the reason the Panthers had the five wins they had, Christian McCaffrey is. And I get your playoff run thing. But what were his... You want me to break it down for you? All right. You ready? Playoff yeah. game one against New England. New England's been making it to the Super Bowl for, what, the past three years or something mm-hmm. crazy like that, right? They, they were thought to go pretty deep. Like, no one thought Tennessee was supposed to win. Guess who rushes for almost 200 yards? Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. a touchdown. Now, that is nuts. If you're rushing over 200 yards against the New England Patriots, who the whole season were considered one of the best defenses in the game, mm-hmm. right? They couldn't stop you rushing the ball because you. It wasn't like they were throwing it. The guy ran 34 times, and they didn't stop him a single time. He was rushing the ball, and guess who won? Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Now let's go over to Baltimore. Tennessee at Baltimore. Tennessee just got done with a pretty nice win over New England, right? Now they got to mm-hmm. go next week. They're all tired and beat up. Well, Derrick Henry should be, but he's not because he's inhumane. Um, so Tennessee at Baltimore, right? Baltimore was basically the Super Bowl child. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're so young and good. Oh, look at them. Oh, Lamar. Right back. Anyway, Derrick Henry completely demolishes them. Like, 30 rushing attempts with more yards. And that's four less rushing attempts than he had at New England, but he had more rushing yards. He didn't get a touchdown, granted, but that's because he's too busy the whole time distracting them by running the ball. Literally, if you're running 30 times in a game, you are the only person touching the ball basically for a quarter and a half, which is insane when you think about it. Now, let's go over to Tennessee at Kansas, right? Kansas City. I was there at that game. Now, guess why Kansas City won? Why? Yes. Because they stopped Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry Henry. only ran 19 times for 69 yards. And Kansas Mm -hmm. City won. Yeah. Okay. Now... Derrick Henry is the root of this team's success. And you take mm-hmm. out Derrick Henry's rushing, and they would have made it past New England and Baltimore. Okay. So that was how many playoff games was that that you just broke down? Three playoff games? Yep. So Derrick Henry got three extra games of the season to play. All right. Well, I just did a little bit of math here on my own while you were explaining that. And – he only so he had three extra games, but he only had six more touches than Chris McCaffrey. Chris McCaffrey had a hundred more yards still. Okay, Chris McCaffrey still had half a yard more per touch. Chris McCaffrey only had one less touchdown, but he also had four less fumbles. And Derrick Henry played three more games. Okay, but so did the Chris McCaffrey completely dismantle two very High regarded defenses in the NFL in two playoff games. And then two very good defenses. Everyone was talking about Baltimore defense with Earl Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the New England defense, right? With Stephon Gilmore. You have these very mm-hmm. good defensive players. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he completely dismantled them, rushing 200 yards on them on a playoff game. Now, you can do whatever you want in the regular season, right? Whatever. But go to the playoffs, it's a whole different game. You shouldn't be allowed to completely run over a whole team by yourself like you did. To me, if you're getting 200 yards, basically 200 yards, five yards off, in a playoff game, you Mm -hmm. 
are the number one spot for running back. Now, who all did the Panthers play? Well, I'm pulling it up here. Um, let's see. How good was Jacksonville's defense this year as far as a rushing defense? I mean, but they, but they had Calais Campbell, right? And they had a pretty decent rushing defense. And McCaffrey went for 176 yards on him there. Um, let's see. Against the Rams, who historically the last few years have had a pretty good rushing defense, especially and like that's the reason they made it to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He had 128 yards on them. Um, San Francisco, a defense that made it to the playoffs, he had 117 yards on them. And this is just rushing. This is even looking at his total. You know, if you if you look at his, I haven't even didn't even think about looking at his total. Um, or it's not going to let me look at his total, but if you add his receiving yards in that game against San Francisco, that's about 155 yards, somewhere in there, I think. But, it, yeah, I did my math right. So 155 yards only touching the ball 18 times. Um, against, okay, Green Bay, 108 yards. So some of his bigger games were against some good defenses. So, I mean, yeah, it wasn't the playoffs. But also, if you look at his stats, those league-leading numbers, right, that was against every other running back in the league, right? There were 31-plus running backs he was going against, and he led them all in those numbers. And those numbers that I said he was league-leading, that's not just running backs too, bud. That was wide re- – he beat wide receivers in yards from scrimmage in touches and touchdowns. So, I think – he run 200 yards on two highly regarded defenses and beat playoffs? No. No, we didn't. But well, then why are we talking about did Derrick Henry lead the entire NFL in three major categories in the season? He led the league in rush yards, and he may have led the league in rush touchdowns, but he didn't lead the league in overall yards and overall touchdowns. And like I said, okay, even even with those playoff yards, Christian McCaffrey didn't even have to go to the playoffs to have more yards than Derrick Henry in his entire season. Christian McCaffrey didn't even have to go to the playoffs to have more yards than Derrick Henry had, including those playoff games. Okay, but he still didn't rush yards on two teams in the playoffs. Well, I mean, look at, look at what Christian McCaffrey has around him. Well, do you expect Christian McCaffrey to make the playoffs when he's on that Panthers team? That's not his fault. Look at the Panthers roster last year. Look at the Panthers roster last year. Yeah, but if, okay, even if he's overused, if you break it down to a per-touch basis... He's still 5.9 yards per touch compared to Derrick Henry's 5.4. When you look up the Carolina Panthers roster from last year, the first player who pops up is Shaq Thompson. Have you even ever heard of Shaq Thompson? Have you heard of Elijah Isaias Holyfield? No. Okay. Have you heard of Ray Ray McLeod? Like, these are people, Mike Adams, like, I have Mario Addison. I haven't heard of, like, any of these people. And these are people who pop up when you look up the number, the uh, roster for the Panthers last year. But if you look at the Titans roster. Also, actually, you know what? I know what I'll look up. I know what I'll look up. What did, who did Derrick Henry rush on? Yeah, he rushed good on two defenses in the... But what defenses did he have to play against to make it to the playoffs? Let's find his game logs here. Let's just sort by rushing yards. Let's see what his best games were. Uh, Of course, against Houston, a beat-up, beat-up Houston team, he had 200 yards. So that's fine. And then also, who else he dropped 200 yards on? The Baltimore Ravens and the New mm -hmm. England Patriots. (laughs) Yeah, but you know who held him. You know who. 
defenses. You know who held him to 63 yards? The Carolina Panthers. And we both know how bad that team is. Okay, but he still ran 200 yards. He only, yeah, but he was only able to run 84 yards on the Cleveland Browns. Okay, but he still ran 200 yards. Two 200-yard games on Baltimore Ravens in New England. You're telling me that's not insane. You can do terrible. That's impressive. I'll give you that. That is impressive. But, I mean, that's – I make let's just look at this. You're making one point. You're making you've been making one point, and that's these two games that he ran two hundred yards. I've been making all these points. Yeah. But hey, maybe they do. But at the same time, you know what's insane? I'm sorry. If I Henry played seventeen games and still beat this guy in two yards across their entire season, plus Derrick Henry's Playoff yards that you keep going on and on about. Yeah, because that's impressive. Yeah, that's in, insane. That's impressive. But what what also is impressive is playing two less games, having a hundred and eighty yards more, one touchdown less, and also Derrick Henry fumbled the football five times this season. I would Oh, was he really? Because I, I was just looking at his stats from last year, game by game, and he played 15 games. So if he was injured, it must have not been that bad. Okay, so now we're using injuries as excuses to push this guy. So you're, you're so far, your defense has been these two games he played, and he was injured in December and January. But look at what I've been saying. Led the league in three different categories. Not just running backs. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, every skill position on the offense besides quarterback, right? Led the league. And then he – and then I mentioned like four games where he put up good numbers on good rushing defenses. And then also your guy over here played three more games while Christian McCaffrey still outran him. Let's just let's just move on. I think we've spent. Derrick Henry is better, and I'm not gonna. We've spent like 20 minutes on Derrick Henry and versus Christian McCaffrey, which is a fair debate. But all I'm saying is, I, Christian McCaffrey deserves to be higher on the list. No. Um, now. Let's just move on. But you will agree with me though that it was pretty fun. No, no, no. On on a whole other topic, right? Okay. You will agree with me that it was pretty fun to do that watch along earlier this week, right? Yeah. And you will agree that it it would be a fun viewing experience for anybody who listens to this podcast, right? Yeah. All right, so go check that out. It's a two-parter. We put it up on Tuesday. Um, You can listen along to us reacting to the last time a running back won Super Bowl MVP, and that was – you know, that was a pretty fun game. It was the first time either one of us had seen that game. Um, this week on Tuesday, probably, I'm not going to, like, lock it in because there could be something that comes up, but we'll try to do it Tuesday. Um, we are watching the Minnesota or Minneapolis Miracle, whichever one you call it. I've heard of it called both. Um, the, um, that game. We forgot something we need to add, what? by the way. Uh, the NBA is having a horse competition on Sunday. Oh, that is right. That is right. Uh, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Zach Levine. Uh, I know a couple of Hall of Famers and some WNBA players. Yeah, we um, will. You know what? We'll we'll fill out brackets after I get through plugging what we're doing this next week. Um, before we do our start bench cut, and then I think that'll be it for the pod. Um, the. Minnesota Miracle Game. We will be watching it sometime this week and then putting it up there with our watch along. Uh, I know I watched this game when it happened, but I don't think I definitely haven't watched it in its entirety since then. So, but we're doing that to go along with next week. We are doing the 
top 15 wide receivers right now, continuing our football list here. So we're doing the top 15 wide receivers right now. Um, That's actually going to be way harder. That is going to be very hard, but I think we'll be able to make a good list. Um, So we will be doing that next week. Now let's pull uh, pull up the bracket for that horse tournament, and we will make our picks. I don't think it's finalized. Actually, no, no, it is. I saw a finalized bracket yesterday. No, my tongue is in it, by the way, so count on him not making anything because he's terrible. All right. I'm looking up the horse, the NBA horse tournament. First thing comes up is the ESPN, and they have a bracket. No, I have the bracket now, too. Yep. Um,. Who's Tamika Catchings? Uh, WNBI, I believe. Okay, so this starts tomorrow. As we're recording this, this is to, it's going to be tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. We will have results for you next week as it goes on. Um, I think next week the semifinals will be over by the time we get there, so we'll see how good our brackets did. And then also talk about um, – to predict the championship, whether or not that was who, who we predicted. So, um, let's see. This isn't an actual bracket. This just says who's first round. Um, the one I saw, I think, was on CBS Sports or NBC. It was on CBS or NBC. Oh, it was the NBC one. Here we go. All right. So, the bracket, we are looking at the first round being um, Trey Young, and Chauncey Billups. Chauncey. So you're, you're on Chauncey Billups on that one? No, I got Trey Young. I just thought you guys Okay. Trey Young. Okay. I'm going Trey Young. Um, and then the next game is Tamika Catchings and Mike Conley. Who are you going with there? Mike Conley. I'm, I'm going with, I'm gonna go with Tamika Catchings. I'm going to go with Catchings. Yeah, I'm just basing it off of Mike Conley's performance this NBA season. Uh, Zach Levine and former KU Jayhawk Paul Pierce. Um, Zach Levine. I think. Dunk and then Paul Pierce can't do anything. But can you can you dunk a horse? Is that legal in horse? Or does it have to be a shot of some sort? Does it have to go through the air? Because I don't know if that'll be legal. I don't know. I don't know. I but I can't sit I can't sit here and not pick a KU guy. I'm gonna pick Paul Pierce because I don't if okay, if dunking's allowed, I'm sure I'll be wrong. But I doubt they'll allow dunking. So I'm gonna go Paul Pierce though, mainly because I can't see myself not picking a KU guy, and then also I want the I want a Paul versus Paul matchup in the last game. In the next game. So um I got Paul Pierce. Who do you have in the Chris Paul Ali Quigley match? I gotta go for Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Alright, and then for the finals, I have Trey Young and Catching. Or for the semifinals, I mean I have Trey Young and Catchings. I think Trey Young will win that. And then I have Paul Pierce and CP3, and I think CP3 will win that. Who do you have for your Who do you got going from the semifinals? I believe your semifinals match was Trey Young and Mike Conley. So you got to pick your Jazz guy. Trey Young's okay. And then you had uh, Zach Levine and Chris Paul. Yeah, I got Zach Levine winning. Zach Levine winning. So you're seeing a Trey Young Zach Levine final. Oh yeah. Okay, I have a Trey Young CP3 final, and I think uh, Trey Young's gonna win that. Yeah, that's that's why. Yeah, all right. I got Trey Young winning the horse too. All right. Well, there is our bracket picks, so we'll see how well we do. I believe they'll probably send like a probably like a two person camera crew to be there. It'll just be like the the basketball player in a, their own gym against the two person camera crew, and then also there will be some like. 
Zoom or Skype setup where they'll see where their opponent shot from. Maybe a referee of some sort to decide where the spot is based on the video. So that, that, that'd be my best guess. I don't really know. I haven't really read much about it. I just know it's happening. All right, let's hit up our start bench now, cut. Where is the legend? Oh. There's a guy who beat LeBron James in a horse petition, and he's doing these nut shots. Where is he in this tournament? I don't know. I don't know. They probably weren't able to find him. Probably. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and do our start bench cut. But this time, our start bench cut is a special edition, and instead of start bench cut, it is head coach, assistant coach, fired. Right. Um, I gave you three NBA Western Conference coaches, being Doc Rivers, Steve Kerr, and Greg Popovich. You gave me three Eastern Conference coaches, being Nick Nurse, Dwayne Casey, and Brad Stevens. Um, So I have decided that I will be firing Dwayne Casey. Um, So Dwayne Casey won't be on my coaching staff. And then I, my assistant coach will be Brad Stevens. And then my head coach will be reigning NBA champion Nick Nurse. So who do you got from your Western Conference picks? All right, well, I thought about this. I'm actually going to change something. Okay. All right. Now, my head coach is going to be Steve Kerr. Okay. He's young, you know. Yep. He knows how to deal with good people, like good talent. Mm-hmm. Coach is Greg Popovich because I don't want him to die while I have a super team. Yep. He's old, and if something were to happen, I don't, I don't trust it. All right. And I'm getting rid of Doc Rivers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like him. Well, I mean, and his son's annoying. If you look at it, Doc Rivers, all three of the coaches I gave you I have rings. All three of the coaches I gave you have rings, and Doc Rivers has the least. So um, I can see that happening. Um, all right, well, that's it. Um, kind of a long, another about an hour-long show for you guys. I don't think there's anything else we really need to talk about. Because we argued for 20 minutes. Yeah, man, it probably would have been a, like, 35-minute podcast that we argued about Christian McCaffrey and Derek Henry for – 30 minutes so um that's it for this week make sure to go ahead go back and watch along watch the game along with listening to us talk about the game um we kind of threw in some more insights some more stats there um so don't forget about the great visuals oh yeah you i mean you need to it's this is not one that you can just listen to some of these you'll probably be able to just listen to and get the gist of it but this one you need to see some of these visuals and some of the, you know, some of the great uh, computer computer generated effects that we got back then. But then again, it was 1998. It was Super Bowl 32. Broncos, Packers, Terrell Davis had a big game. So um, that is it for this week. We will catch you next week. See you.